1: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
0: This episode of The Swirl Suite is sponsored by In Good Taste, a global winery in the comfort of your home. With all of us being home full time, I can only speak for me. I've been eating and drinking a lot more. Through their single glass bottles, In Good Taste helps me experience new wines and new memories in one 187-milliliter serving. That's one glass of wine, y'all. In Good Taste offers packages of 8 or 25 mini bottles of wine from across the world. Check out ingoodtaste.com and use coupon code VINEMEUP for a 10% discount. This week's Black Business shoutout is our very own Bernie Williams of Chats Wine and Liquor. He happens to be our special guest on this episode, and he has a lot of history in this city. We hope you enjoy it. Just to warn you, the sound may be a little bit muffled, so you might have to turn your volume up. Bernie is working in the shop while doing this interview, so bear with us. Cheers. Hey, Bernie, how are you? Hey, doing
2: well. How about yourself?
0: good
2: how are you ladies
0: good how are you very well
2: but thank you all so much very much for having me on
3: oh
0: Oh, absolutely yeah you are a staple in this city so we had to have you on the show
2: well thank you thank you thank you i tell you it's my honor it's my honor you. Uh, (laughs) you know since we can't have those pastings and i can see you your face, you know, yeah, in the places often, this yeah, is definitely the next best thing, so yeah. We're conducting business, and I'm kind of doing this out on the floor, so uh, <laughs> I
3: see. Uh, hey,
2: well, that's good. I no. my shoulder and say, Hey, I need that wine, man. Come on, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we nope, appreciate uh, you taking apologize. the time. We know you are yes. super busy, yeah, multitasking, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Bernie, please introduce nice. yourself to everybody.
2: Nice, well, I'm Bernie Williams. I am a second generation owner here at Chap's Liquors on Barracks Row, our address is 503 8th Street, Southeast Washington, D.C. Um, we've been in operation for a few decades uh, here, uh, 42 years okay. we, uh, we've been in this location. Um, and uh, yeah, happy to, happy to be here. Uh, an assortment of uh, wine, spirits, and beer, cigar, for for all pallets
4: all right that's wonderful yeah yeah oh so,
1: um oh
0: goodness. no you go ahead Glennis.
1: i was just i was trying to pull up the question so i didn't out you know <laughs> mess up the script <laughs> but i was i wasn't fast <laughs> enough so you said that your your family has been in business 42 years
2: hmm. Mm-hmm. that's but, correct
1: can you give? Do you have some back, background or so the story about how was that your grandfather who started the business or your grandmother who started the business?
2: No, actually, uh, my father got into the business um, back in nineteen seventy-eight. Um, the backstory, and I don't know how, how much time you want the long <laughs> story or the short story. I can get a little long-winded here, so bear with me. <laughs> Cut me off if you need to. But uh, my parents are from North Carolina. They both grew up in North Carolina, um, in uh, Bertie County, and they met in high school. Okay. Um, yeah, my father's kind of smitten with this, this as a senior, a young freshman <laughs> coming in, you know, freshman <laughs> class. And uh, after he graduated, and of course there was really not a lot of dating going on back then. My great grandfather. Um, wouldn't have my mom at all going on any type of with <laughs> any type of guy coming, you know, shooter looking that early. So uh, they uh, maintained a friendship and a, and a distant love for quite a while. Uh, they went off to college. Uh, they both graduated. When my father was um, en route to visit some of his sisters in Illinois, stopped by through here and in, in DC where my mother had, uh, my mother's family ended up after she graduated. And uh, so he stopped by to see her and uh, pretty much never left. Um, Fast forward a little bit of time. um, uh, He was working for another retailer here on Capitol Hill. And that retailer, um, there was a a gentleman He had two sons about my dad's age. Uh, And my dad knew that the ceiling was only so high that he could elevate to, although he had a wonderful customer base. His customer service skills were impeccable. to the point where he was ready to make a move and decided uh, eventually, with uh, thinking about it, discussing with my mom, um, they were at this time married um, with my sister, Opal, uh, and my mother was pregnant with me at the time, actually. They decided to uh, strike out on their own and open up their own business. Well, fortunately, they were able to find Chats Liquors here, which had been boarded up, uh, you know, history of all the major cities here, in the States, you know, after 68, there was, you know, a bit of uh, uh, flight that happened um, from the mm-hmm. community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there were um, some communities that had businesses and their corridors, so the corridors boarded up for a bit. It was a difficult time here on Bear's at that time, but um, he decided to take the boards off and reopen Chats Liquors. Um, now, Chats Liquors was originally opened back in 1934. So we are the oldest um, retail liquor license on Capitol Hill. We're the wow. oldest um, liquor store and bar shop on Capitol Hill. Um, I think the fifth or sixth oldest citywide. Hmm. Um, and so the original family, the Chatlin family, C H A T L I N, is where that uh, sort of surname, Chat, originated. And, uh, and um so it's always been Chats Liquor since ni- Pardon. <laughs> it's always been Chat liquor since 1934, and uh, it, it's been once again since 1978, February 1st of 1978. That's uh, my family is owned and operated now. Um, my father and mother were the original owners, but I did have a grandmother, my maternal grandmother, my mom's mom. Uh, she actually managed the place back okay. in the 70s up through her passing in 1992. Wow. So there were. Currently, three generations of uh, management here, um, and plenty of cousins and other family members who worked in these uh, four walls for for a long period of time. Uh, uh, up until up until including my myself and my sister Opal, who was with us for a little bit, that uh, she and uh, now a physician. So uh, I had to kick her out eventually. <laughs> yeah.
1: So your father never made it to Illinois.
2: Is what you're saying. The law- <laughs> my father never made <laughs> it Illinois. <laughs> <this>, <laughs> Illinois. It didn't happen. <laughs> it did not happen.
1: Oh,
3: that's
0: a good that's a So good. I have a question. Like how, there are so many businesses yeah. that come to D.C. and they fail. Mm-hmm. How did you guys sustain yeah. yourselves yeah, for exactly. so long?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, if there's any, if there's any uh, one word, sacrifice. Right. um the sacrifices that have to be made um in the, when you commit yourself to opening a small business and I think it was a mentality you know that my parents had you know um their generation especially uh they they knew what hard work looked like, and they uh understood that there were opportunities, but you know no opportunity is going to be fruitful unless you put that hard work in. And so uh, that dedication to um, operating the business, making some smart uh, moves early on,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. um, uh, which included securing the property. My dad used to always say, you you can uh, you. you, uh, Your destiny isn't in your own hands. Someone else owns where you lay your head and where you do your business. So it's important to, um, to to own, you know, your, your place of business. Otherwise, you are beholden to a landlord, and you are beholden to um, increases of of uh, rent, and that can push you push you out, you know. So um, definitely hard work and making some great investments early on, um, saving, saving, and saving, reinvesting. Yeah. So, um, I'll say that first and foremost. Yeah, and then when I came about, you know, my father had uh, had been here for 21 years, and of course we lost him back in 1999, uh, the summer of 1999. And so my sister and I made a decision. Well, my mom. My mom also was a small business owner. Um, her name was Ophelia, uh, was her her business name as well. Ophelia's Flowers. She ran for about 25 years, right next door to our location, right on the corner here at, at what, 501 K Street. Um, and the three of us sat down and we decided, well, what are we gonna do with the shop after my father passed away? Uh, my sister and I, um, for some reason, had these bright ideas and just keep it going <laughs> and uh, quickly realized how much work it would be. Uh, but, you know, uh, you kind of knew what it took um, having two parents that had small businesses, uh, knew it was gonna be for work. But when I came in, um, especially, I knew I wanted to take on the challenge of really developing the WAN program here. Um, At that time, back in 1999, 2000, we could kind of see the writing was on the wall for a bit of expectation to happen here in our area. And uh, the demographics kind of showed that uh, there would be an opportunity um, to kind of not do business as normal, which, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it was all a brand thing. So the majority of customers that came into your shop, they, came, they had one or they had the first choice for a beverage that they're going to drink. So the guy was coming in and he said he was a Crown Royal man. He was mm-hmm. going to grab Crown Royal. If you didn't have Crown Royal, then maybe he'll get a Johnny Walker Red or Johnny Walker Black. Didn't have didn't have that. Maybe a Dewar. Likewise for a Hennessy drinker. Didn't have Hennessy, then I'll drink a Cabossier or maybe a Remy Martin. Right. But everyone walked through the door with a particular mindset of what they were going to be drinking when they, before they walked through the door. They had mm-hmm. three options. That's all they knew. That's all they wanted to know. That was that. Well, I thought this was an opportunity to uh, learn as much as I could about mm-hmm. the wine and spirit. Not only uh, the industry. I was able to utilize their existing, um, for my studies in undergrad, um, being a business major. But I mean, the craft of wine making, um, pairing, just the enjoyment and culture around it. I had to learn all that um, when I got into the business, actually. And so I dedicated myself to learning about the products that I carry so that instead of just being beholden to um, the major brands that are in the marketplace, I could make selections in a very thoughtful manner that I thought could add value to our brand. As a wine spirit shop. Um, whereas now people come into the shop, and I'll say out of every 10 people, at least half of those people are coming in and saying, not knowing what they're going to drink. They come in and they'll say, Hey, Bernie, what am I drinking tonight? Or, Bernie, I'm having this food, or it's a particular occasion. Um, lead me. Um, and so that's a much more powerful way of doing business when you have more controls, when you're able to actually. Um, create a business model where uh, you're free, maybe, from uh, the industry norms, the industry pressures, and and so forth. Um, so, you know, there's the, I, I'll, I'll say that uh, taking that step and being able to take that step uh, after my father was had passed away to really usher in this new century, we're doing something, of building a model in a slightly different manner. We're still in the same four walls. Customer service is still of utmost importance. Uh, selection is of utmost importance, but it's more so about um, being able to navigate uh, and, and introduce our customer base to fun, new, exciting productions from all around the world. Nice. Um, and so that's kind of how we've continued maybe our success in the last uh, twenty years. Bernie has the.
4: Um People's palate, are they more adventurous now? Are they still very conservative? Are they like, oh, I don't drink Chardonnay, I'm just going to have, you know, a Pinot Grigio? Or are they trusting you because of the service that you provide that you can lead them in that direction?
2: Oh, I'll say definitely, folks are much more adventurous these days. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen just over time, uh, and I kind of go back to that reference i made about 30 years ago the people kind of had a lane that they were in when it came to wine and spirit but they didn't really deviate much um now it's more about an experience it's more about um being turned on to something new so uh the weekly wine tastings that we were having before covid hit you know and the weekly um spirit tastings that we were having uh, literally, I think people would find it very exciting to come in and try something totally brand new that they hadn't tried before, just spend a little bit of time with us, um, and, and you may discover something that you have never had. Right. But at the same time, I think just the palette of um, most individuals now, the um, interaction that you have with social media, you know, uh, if, if your friend is across the pond, and they're enjoying some great Italian wine, mm-hmm. you know? Well, if they're tweeting about it, or uh, pictures on Instagram, and maybe I've never had a Brunello di Casino before, but am mm-hmm. I willing to try it? Just yeah. on my friend's recommendation because they're saying it's great, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so much of what we do when it comes to food and beverage uh, is part entertainment. And so we don't want to watch the same movie over and over and over again. You might have your favorite, but uh, the same thing uh, applies here, I think, with, with beverages. You don't drinking the same thing over and over and over day in day day out, especially in this day and age where we have access to so much. Then I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice.
1: Right? Do you feel um, you make? Do you feel that I will say I'm going to use some slang back in the day because that they had the same they wanted the Johnny Walker or what they were used to drinking is because they knew what they were paying for, you know, versus today. Back then you, you had some, uh, what, you, what you call it, not dispo- not as much of a disposable income versus that, you, that some of us have now. So we're like, okay, we don't mind now saying I'm going to buy this $25 bottle. You know, this is part of my weekend disposable income. But back in the day, it's like I can't buy a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue or Johnny Walker Black and not have never tasted it before because my income mm-hmm. is not necessarily like that. You think e- economics has yeah. to do with the adventurousness, as they say? Well,
2: um I think to a to an extent, right? I mean you have you have to Consider that, right? right? To an extent, um, economics does play a big part. I mean, um, but, I mean, back in that day, Crown Royal wasn't drinking low. You know, Saudi <laughs> Walker, even red and black, wasn't drinking low. I mean, yeah, had Belakoff and MD2020 if you wanted to go low, <laughs> right?
1: But, and that's, and um, point, that's but, correct, because they knew, okay, I'll spend this dollar on this because I know what it tastes like.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. But I think uh, <laughs> for sure, um, culture has evolved, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, the culture in, in wine consumption has evolved here in the states, right. across the board, right. from top to bottom, and especially um, in in uh, in a city like Washington D.C. Oh, okay, I mean, there's such a you say disposable income yeah absolutely folks have a lot more disposable income nowadays um, uh, just the, the wealth of, of travel people um, mm-hmm. in, in this city especially and in every major city nowadays is far greater than possibly it was before and or uh, the spread the breadth the, the, the reach of those individuals the, the, even within this city where I may have dinner on Barracks Row. I may uh, go up to Adams Morgan for drinks. Right. I may head to the waterfront, you know, to walk the, the, the waterfront by the Georgetown or here at the okay. Naval Yard. Oh, right. I may just ac- access, you know, access the flow of um, information, um, the full enjoyment of, of our region and the various little pockets of our city and so forth. Um, all of these things, I think, play into a cultural, you know, um, uh, 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 a, a cultural openness and and wanting to and willing to invest in experiences that we didn't necessarily have 20, 30, 40 years ago. Exactly. You know, not only as African Americans, but just even as a broad, you know, right. um, uh, diverse city that right. we are as as Washington D.C. So certainly, when folks are picking up bottles of, um, of beverages these days, I think part of it is the entertainment factor. You know, um, I think part of it is investing in an experience. So if I'm having a dinner and I'm creating some particular meal, just instead of going out and grabbing a yellowtail off the shelf, which is fine to do, right? But uh, if you are are creating, oh, I hope, I, I hope you all are. Any we're we're very <laughs> offended.
4: We all own stock in Yellowtown.
2: <laughs> <Right. laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. Which is a great part. I mean, they, they changed the game. They changed the game. But instead of, you know, just saying, hey, I made this amazing dinner. I'm having, you know, a couple dozen, a dozen friends over, and I'm just going to serve Yellowtail. Then come out and actually have wines that are paired with your courses have right. a pair of teeth, have something to finish the, the meal with. Um, and it, it it enhances the entire experience. And certainly people are turned on to that these days, probably more so than before. Um, and to a wider extent, you know, the greater breadth of folks. Because, as you mentioned, access and opportunity um, really does happen when those economic barriers are, are shattered. Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. I agree.
0: I remember the last time, well, no, I remember the first time I was looking for a black winemaker and I went into your shop and I said, do black people make wine? Like, I need a black winemaker, but I don't know where to search for one. And you ran down all of the black winemakers during that time. And I was like, wow. All right. And you happen to have one. It might have been like something like Seven Sisters or something like that. But you have always had an array of black wine producers in your shop um, has that been a priority for you absolutely
2: absolutely, absolutely it has been and um, you know i remember a time when i would go out to trade shows and you know you're seeing uh, these producers from all over the world and uh, number one none of those producers look like you at all um, and You're speaking to them, and they have such history in this thing, right? They've been doing it for generations and generations and generations. It's like, you know, well, well, why is it that, you know, we aren't represented on that side of the table? Let alone when I look on the side of the table. I'm standing on, I'm looking around, and we aren't represented on on the other side either. You know, buyers at that time 20 years ago, um, restauranteurs. Uh, stop owners and so forth you just didn't you just didn't see uh on the on the buyer side either um distribution side any very few that look like them so it makes me amazingly proud to um to have met somebody like Mac McDonald you know yeah. vicious seller I mean he's everybody's uh-huh. uncle uh, <laughs> yeah and and you know just just realizing um uh, that He is not only doing this thing but he's doing it at such a high quality level Mm -hmm. and you know you have to be proud of that um because you know there's always a tax that that we pay you know Uh, we gotta yeah yeah we 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 gotta we gotta be on the top of our game when we we enter into various uh sectors and various industries uh otherwise it'll eat us up you know um and so when you see a bottle, um when you think about the story of the Brown family in Napa, when you see yes. mm-hmm. you know McBride sisters and uh Andre max Maison Noir, um and, and and others, uh you you realize that these folks have done their work. You know, they've done their work and you taste the wines and you really appreciate that work that has gone into it. And so, I mean, it it, it it's, it's an automatic, you know, that I want to I support, you know. And um, I, while I've been talking about all these other productions that are made by people that don't look like me for so many years, and kudos to them. I love, you know, I still sell those products. I mean, we're going to always have a vast array of products from all over the world, made by every person in the world, from all countries, all continents, um, as many as we can, at I least. Mean. Um, that we're represented um, means so much, you know. And I'm, I'm speaking of some of the African Americans, uh, of course. Speaking of the Brown Sisters, you know, African Americans slash uh, New Zealand, <laughs> African New Zealand, but also you know folks like um, Zike Bela, Vaselina, you know, and her and just her um and hosting uh, wine dinners uh, for the last couple years, something so like this year, uh, with her. I mean, we're executing this thing at such a great level. That uh, I have no choice but to champion champion these brands, and to be super super proud of the work that they are doing. So, is it is it um? I hope that
4: answers the question. Yes, yes. Are you seeing that being a black winemaker or, or production from um, a black vineyard is the novelty is wearing off? Is it? becoming mainstream now where somebody's coming in to ask for the McBride sisters, not because they're two women who are making wine and they are African Americans. It's the fact that they're making quality wine and people have heard about it and they like, you know, their wine, and their wine in the can. Or is Mm -hmm. it still a novelty to people?
2: Well, um, I think it takes people by surprise that um, there are as many um, African American wine producers, um, people, especially uh, you know in the last couple months, especially you know, just with um, people really seeking out uh, African American businesses. Um, our sales being included in that, you know, we're blogging and posting about, uh, businesses in every sector, wine and spirit, especially, uh, you know, when it concerns our shop. But, um, it's been, it's, it's one of those things where the quality shows, um, you know, Mac McDonald has been selling wines for many years. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Andre Mack selling wines for many years. The majority of folks who've been buying those wines are of all races. And Mm -hmm. I'll say that uh, they have been uh, presented in restaurants and wine lists and in retail shops. And I mean, with the production that they make, they're mostly being sold to white Americans, right? Mm -hmm. And they have been accept it because the quality is there and it starts there each and every time. Right. We are, we represent, what, 14% of this country. If there's any brand or product that we hate, um whether it's a beverage or anything else, I think our mindset is to compete in the marketplace that which we're entering. Right. And that marketplace is, uh, is a dynamic marketplace. It's many times a cut- cutthroat marketplace and we can really only exist as long as we have a product that is exceptional, then that's when you have staying power. And uh, that's what I I find these wines to to offer. So when I have, you know, really people from every race right now coming in and requesting African-American-made wine, one of the joys is to see them come back. Like, after they've already, you know, gotten that little little nudge by Instagram or whatever. Right. Black. But then they come back and they say, whoa, that wine was great. And then, you know, I'm someone's looking for rosé the next time they can't come in and they're recommending because they hear me speaking with someone about maybe the rosé. Um, they'll say, yeah, that stuff is really good. I had it, you know, a couple weeks ago. Quite good. I'm coming back for another one, you know. And so uh, there has to be the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the bottle. You know, there's quality there, um, uh, and if, if 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 you have survived, you know, for multiple years, just before you know it was cool to be, you know, yes. mainstream, black owned and operated, uh, you've already put the work in, and uh, and it it it's just so. And if those bottlings don't continue to have success after you know the the height dot the so-called height dies down um then there's 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 some, some other factors that are at play in my mind
0: uh, speaking of your customers is there a trend right now in your shop like um what are what are people buying the most of
2: uh we do represent wine spirits and beer um so we are a full full you know call better, retailer um but certainly Still, right now, today, rosés are still hugely popular. Um, And I think that we had a little bit of delay this year in rosé season, Um, being that coronavirus hit and um, uh, we had to kind of shift a little bit, although we've always maintained an open door during these times. A lot of our energy shifted to online fulfillment of pickup and delivery orders and all. And... uh, but if you don't see the rosés in our window up front, you know, and all the brilliance of various shades of pink, um, then maybe out of sight, out of mind a little bit. And so that's starting to happen uh, uh, a little bit. That's starting to happen a little bit later. So those are still very popular. Uh, Sylvian blancs are hugely popular still. Um, and so you know, the refreshing whites in this 90-plus degree weather that we've had here in DC are uh, refreshing then- whites and refreshing rosés are still very popular. Um, we saw, of course, um, one of our number one brands overall, like Vodka, Tito's Vodka, is used. Um, we have another vodka called Black Draft um, that's right behind it, and a vodka called Black Leaf, which is an uh, African American owned production. Black leaf. Um,
4: Black Leaf. Uh, it's very right. popular. Yeah,
2: it is. Uh, growing in popularity behind Black Draft. Uh, Uncle Nearest Whiskey i got
1: to get some bottles of that. It is I so we good. Just, we Leber. just got some, oh some from God.
2: Chats, yep. So what, oh
1: my God, know, it's so in, good. Man. Oh. Man. That stuff Paul is new.
2: Really. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: Whiskey drink, I was like, man,
2: what? Was... what in
1: the world? I'm glad they yeah. don't.
2: So it, it really, it really is. Uh, the work that she's put in, the brand that she's created, um, you can hardly keep that on the shelf, you know. If we're I'm waiting on a shipment right now. Or if I,
1: can I put in an order for a bottle, please? Can I reserve it? No doubt, no doubt. Okay, <laughs> you got it. You got it. <laughs> I'm like, I need that Absolutely. for my stock because that goes to my next question. I know, Sarita. See, Sarita gets on these um, Zooms and brags <laughs> about, oh, well, I've got this delivered from Chat. Oh, well, I got this. So you only delivered oh, it, little, little <laughs> You only deliver in D.C.?
2: Yeah, yes, yeah, that is correct.
1: Okay.
2: Yep, yep, yep. We only deliver in D.C. Um, outside of that, it would be kind of another lane of, um, uh, which would be the shipping lane. And yeah, okay. we, are, we don't do shipping at this time.
1: Okay, I got you. Okay. So Serena, yeah. he put yeah. my yeah. Uncle yeah. nearest to the side. I'm a zell somebody. Y'all keep my bottle. Don't y'all just <laughs> keep <change> my <stuff.
3: laughs> I want to buy it from him. Yeah, yeah. I
1: want to buy it from my MoCo right. County liquor store. I want to buy it from you to support you. There no you doubt. That's, <laughs> yeah.
2: I appreciate that. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, Bernie, I got Any one time more.
0: though. Yeah, what I got, got one more. One more serious okay. question. Okay. You, have, you mentioned yeah. that you wanted to really study all of your your product in your store um, you have a vast knowledge i mean you know so much about everything um i don't even know if you have certifications and it doesn't even matter um at this point what do you say to someone who, <laughs> it doesn't what do you say to someone who is entering the wine the wine or spirits or even beer world and they're trying to increase their knowledge
2: well, I'll say that thing that you just mentioned. Nowadays, and probably even before, when I got into the business back in ninety nine, uh, two thousand, um, there weren't as many outlets and resources, especially mm-hmm. digitally, online resources available. Um, now it's like you know beyond super easy um, to take a hour, a few hours out of your day in the morning or in the evening to um, be involved online, um, uh, educational, you know, platform, uh, when it comes to wine and spirit, when I got into the biz, I mean, working, open the clothes, uh, I would, I had these, my dad has these books, like encyclopedic, you know, huge, uh, books of wine in his, in his office. Right. And so I started with that, but you're talking about some of the driest reading. Oh my goodness. It was uh, quite the chore to, um, to really dissect um, those types of uh, those books. And these were from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know. Um, but I would, Barnes and Nobles and Borders at that time, they were open sometimes 24 hours, if not till midnight. So I remember initially when I uh, graduated and came home from school and you know got one hundred percent into this, I didn't really sleep. You know, I was used to cramming and staying up all night, trying to study, finish up my senior year of uh, undergrad. And when I got into the biz, of course, I'll hop in here in the mornings and go to the, the evening, and then I'll head over to bars and Nobles or, or borders and go through all the latest magazines, you know, Wine Spectator, Wine Enthusiast, and so forth, um, and look at points, um, really dissect the information they were giving. buy books, you know, um, that were a bit more up-to-date. I think on one of the earlier podcasts, I think i heard you mention, like the Wine for Dummies and so forth. Yeah. Those books, and yeah, like, bought every single one of those, (laughs) you know. Um, uh, When Chance's Promise, you know, released that Wine Bible, it was like a phenomenal resource, um, but along with that, um, just kind of studying, just trying to go as much as possible about um, greats, regions, and and so forth. Um, understanding uh, some of the lingo, you know, through the Y uh, magazines and all. Um, but then also, I had a wonderful group of suppliers that always gave me a phone call when there was a winemaker in town or a special group of wines to taste and hey Bernie just checking the mixture you're in shop today I'm coming by with this assortment of of burgundy and say for instance it was like a Louis Latour tasting where they had three four dozen wines open uh, and they would invite you know Sessions of three or three to five people in at a time. You know, I would get those invitations. Um, uh, Going to as many trade shows as I could, and so forth. Um, Over time, you know, connecting these pieces and 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 learning, and then when we started getting into uh, wine dinners and so forth, you know, uh, being a part of the decisions when it came to uh, pairing the wines and all, just really helped to get my creative juices going and to. Early on, kind of submit my my uh, standing in this industry, but you have to realize I was 21 when I stepped into these doors, and once again, we were kind of attempting to make a shift from the old way that we did business to kind of a newer way to do business, Mm. and so bringing in new wines. I remember when I started when I fell in love with Pinot Noir, and I didn't have any customers that loved Pinot Noir. And so whether they were inexpensive, you know, you know from the Longadog region of uh, France, um, some, what at that time were very inexpensive burgundies. I mean, the price of burgundy was just out of food and But I mean, a $25 burgundy, maybe even a crew burgundy of some sort. Or Oregon started kind of making a play and bringing in mm-hmm. some, some, some organ. I remember bringing in Archery Summit. And uh, this was back in, like, 2004, 2005, maybe, and not being able to sell any, you know, wow. um, to the point where I had to kind of do a little discount and a little bottle, bottom basement, you know, package deal just to move them because they were, they were still on, the, on my shelves. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, a movie like Sideways comes out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everybody's wanting Pinot.
4: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I had a
2: bunch exactly. of Pinot mm-hmm. that I'm sitting here discounting, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. so people are coming in saying, hey, do you have Pinot Noir? And I'm like, uh, yeah, that one right there is on sale, like half price. And I immediately had to take that sale off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I know uh, you, you, know, would because, just- <laughs> you know, just some flow of information. Yeah, absolutely. Well there were I, I lost quite a bit because like R3 Summit was one of them. We had their uh premier uh their their uh what was it their premier premier crew, premier crew, I think they called it, premier today. uh two thousand two in stock. And then the points came out for that wine. I fell in love with it like in the fall. We bought it in. Um I thought it was gonna be amazing for Thanksgiving and holiday, you know, time and of the 10 cases I bought of it. We may have sold like a case of it through holiday. And so like, February is coming around where we're starting to get back into um, featuring wines and bringing new wines in for the, for the spring. I'm sitting here discounting it. And all of a sudden the points come out like in like late February, early May, where Spectator or Parker or somebody gave it a crazy point. And uh, of course, everyone started showing up immediately. And what I had on the floor, boom, out of the door. And, of course, what I was going to bring out next, like the next five or six cases. Of course, that discount had to come off, <laughs> you know. But everyone all of a sudden was uh, interested in Pinot, And it was just one of those things. I was, I was happy that I had already um, studied what I studied. I knew what I knew about it. And nobody, although no one else did, I was just a little bit ahead of the curve. And sometimes it takes just committing to what you know is good and great and has potential. And hoping to develop, you know, your, your, um, your market towards it. Um, you can't do that with everything. You have to have some products that you can sell right away and all. But it's that mix. And that, that kind of um, gave me some, some reassurance that some of the decisions that I was making were worthwhile. I had done my homework, you know, and our product selection at that time really did show that, that, uh, that, that I, we, we kind of had what it took to uh continue to be successful in this in this uh, industry.
1: That's interesting. One more serious question. We had we did a podcast with Tawani Price um about the South African ban on alcohol and do you see okay. any effects of you ordering any South African wines with cuz this is the second round that South Africa has banned Af- alcohol. The first round they didn't um Allow any exports but this round they are so are your shelves still stocked
2: um well i'll say that we haven't felt it yet here um the brands that we carry they're still in in supply okay. and uh i know this is this has been happening since covid right since covid you know um has so devastated cool. the world but um i think that the supply line um Inventories were coming in and or slated to come in, like March, oh, April, you know, for some of our suppliers with their South African portfolio. So, uh, for so I think that that the supply will be is decent right now, and especially since the restaurant business has truly been devastated, you know. And so the supply line for the last four months of wines has really been more retail, you know. Uh, oriented. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little less competition from the restaurant for availability of of particular wine. Um, And so we haven't quite felt it yet, but of course, you know, it's a trickle-down effect and it's it's only a matter of time potentially that we do feel those effects. Um, If this goes on uh, for another six months, then certainly um, we're going to either feel it in the fall with with um, inventory levels uh, and supply chain, or next spring, early 2021, when right. the new messages are starting to come around. So okay. I haven't felt it as much yet, but it's it's really only a matter of time. Okay.
1: I didn't want to think it was like Lysol. I needed to come in there and just get all the damn top. <laughs> <laughs> thing with Lysol's gotten on my damn... Okay, I'm sorry, c to Go ahead, baby. Uh,
2: absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was There's like, doubt. let me get
1: down there now.
2: <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, no,
0: <laughs> going uh,
1: through absolutely. the aisles, yeah, not, like uh, no, no, Just everything about
2: that
0: <laughs> all the South African wine. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, but I, I've noticed that a couple, I, a few of my, um, a few producers I've noticed, um, you know, have been uh, on social media and so forth, saying it's a problem for them to move wine out, and so I, I know it's going to be a problem um, in time, and you know. Uh, I, I, I hope that there's a, there's a some type of find, some type of remedy, something that um, alleviates, you know, the, you. that depression of the their economy. Um, the wide producer's economy
1: soon and so that. excellent. Thank you. Guys, yeah, any more questions absolutely. for Bernie before
0: <laughs> before we ask him some fun stuff?
3: Fun stuff.
4: No. Oh, I, okay. I do. I do okay. have one quick question. One a quick question. So recently okay. I had been reading about um, millennial movement as far as in the wine industry and that there was this grand prediction that millennials were going to be drinking more wine and they've been drinking more of, um, what's this little the things in the see. I'm telling Spirit? my age now. The spirits oh, in the can. Uh, the seltzer. Yes. The, the seltzers. seltzers, like the truly. Right. Truly, yeah, yes, and, yeah. yes. Everybody
2: thank calls, thank
4: uh, you for uh-huh. helping an older woman out. Um, <laughs>
2: no, not, I'm literally looking right at it. So you know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you or are, are millennials actually picking up an interest in one, or are they, you know, going truly to? The seltzers and spirits.
2: Um. Yeah. Well, I'd say definitely millennials are are still drinking wine, but um, this thing with these seltzers. Crazy. This I, don't, I, I used to call it a fad, but I don't know if it's necessarily a fad. It's been mm-hmm. a couple of years now, and folks are picking those up left and right, and um. And so I think that that's certainly another option. But whether it's, uh, whether it's more so competing with wine and spirit and or beer is unknown right now. Okay. It feels like mm-hmm. to me that um, so many of our traditional beer drinkers, so instead of the millennials coming in and picking up a 12-pack of Miller Lite or mm-hmm. Bud Light they're opting for the Truly's or White Claws and okay. so forth. Um, and still drinking, you know, the millennials are still coming in, and they're drinking wine, they're still coming in, and everybody's drinking spirits these days. You know, everybody's drinking whiskey these days. It's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Tequila. Um, getting back into the rum and some of those cocktails. Mm-hmm. But um, but I don't know if necessarily um, the Truly has taken away primarily wine and or wine consumption alone. I think it's also had an effect on beer. Um, and so uh, it's, it's an interesting segment right now that I really haven't figured out. Um, I haven't made two sense about it <laughs> over the last mm-hmm. couple to a few years that they've been hugely popular. Uh, the first year which was like, what, three years ago, two or three years ago. Um, I said, all right, well, that's, that's, that was fun. We'll see what happens next year. <laughs> the following year, it just grew, and then I said, "Okay, <laughs> maybe we have something else on our hands here." that is really making a play, but um, but I think it's an option that's popular right now. Um, with anything these days, I think that uh, you know there's a lot of interest in it right now. But will it really have staying power? Will it not, like be the option that everyone is going to in rows over the next couple years? Still, I don't know. There's been bubbles that have been built in this industry over and over Um, and something is really, really hot at a a particular time and then all of a sudden it fizzles. So that's the the worry. I've seen all these new brands come about. It kind of reminds me of if I can, you know, I won't use the brand again, but like Australian wine, right? Especially here in the city, in D.C. When the Australian wine bubble was at its height, I mean, everybody, Mm -hmm. nobody came in I'll say four out of every five people that came into the shop, they wanted an Australian wine of some sort. And it started with a particular brand. And then after that, it was just brand after brand after brand after brand from like the $6 to the $30 brand. Everyone wanted an Australian. And then all of a sudden, there was a huge burst, a huge bubble burst of Australian wine. And nobody wanted them anymore. Similarly, you know, the Oaky Buttery Chardonnay. So we someone made uh, a, a mention of that a little earlier, that Oakey Buttery chardonnay that was hugely popular when I got into the business back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And then all of a sudden, there came a time when nobody wanted right. oaky Buttery chardonnay mm-hmm. especially here in the city. And this is really, you know, the city is where um, it's a very different um, market than just across the border into the suburbs and definitely into the rural area. It's very different markets that are at play. Um, uh, when when the bubble bursts, it usually happens here in the city first. And I haven't seen the bubble burst yet on those uh, art ciders. But uh, whether they're the going to take over the world, I don't think so. There'll be a replacement at some point to get those millennials' attention away from it. Eventually, I made that prediction first. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: I'll say it's, it, it's up to us. It's up to us to build that trend. It's up to one of us, one of, uh, one of these producers, to build that next trend, you know, uh, a trendsetter. Absolutely. So, Very you know, point. yeah, we have, to find, we have to find that next hit thing, whatever it is, you know. So in a couple of years from now, you know, that hit thing will uh, we'll, uh, we'll be championing, uh, we'll have some interest in
0: Okay, Brandy, so we'll uh, ask somebody. you uh, a few fun questions now. So the first one is, what goes in your smoothie? And everybody can answer.
2: Uh, me first. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, my smoothie. Is this an alcoholic beverage or <laughs> oh, like? Yes, a-
3: whatever you want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Um. Well, I don't know. When I in a smoothie, I would have to say. Uh, uh I'm to say maybe tequila. You know, mm. but probably right now mezcal. Okay. Mezcal. Yeah, something that adds up a little more, more dynamic to that smoothie. A little, little buzz, I can get a little buzz on it too, you know. But uh, some tropical fruit profile and a hint of smokiness, you know, for a little character. I
0: like
3: it. Tanisha, what's in your
0: smoothie?
3: Girl, I don't have a blender. (laughs) Where am I from a blender? Y'all don't don't drink smoothies in Paris. I don't have space for a blender.
0: No, not, you can't buy a smoothie in Paris.
3: I mean, but it's probably like banana, kiwi, Oh, Tenisa,
2: I didn't see. realize you were in Paris. It's so good to see your face. Long time, no see. Hi.
3: Hey. Probably, yeah, probably like some chia seeds and banana and like kiwi or something. Like, that's the smoothies they have. And like some strawberries. Mm, Girl, okay. I, don't, I don't drink that.
1: <laughs> Galena, what about you? When I make my smoothies, I do a super greens. Mm. So it's a shard kale and, um, what's the other one in there? Shard kale and spinach. So it's <laughs> super greens. Turmeric, um, some type of mixed fruit, which usually is uh, mixed berries, because mm-hmm. I like blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. And um, depends. I might put some flax seeds in it. I might not. I might put some... Um, Um, Greek unsweetened yogurt if I want some protein. So Greek Mm -hmm. unsweetened yogurt. And then I'll fluctuate. If I have some other fruits, I might take the kiwi mango, but it depends on what fruits I have. But the basis is the greens and the um, protein. Mm.
4: Leslie, what about you? So I will use a protein powder and... um, definitely spinach i always put spinach in it and then the fruit may vary and then i'll put a um a cashew butter mm. yeah, yeah. and um in oat milk oh yeah sure. yeah always oat milk in there
0: mm-hmm. yeah. i'm pretty plain i like um blueberry i like blueberry and banana and That'll be pretty much it. A lot of times I don't even like yogurt in it. I like it. I, I like ices better than smoothies. Mm. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm, mine's a pretty plain. I'm going to just go on record and say I'm
3: going to drink Bernie's smoothie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bernie smoothie sounds Bernie? a lot better than ours.
2: Everything they say every, sounds great, but it needs to have some methyol <laughs> in it.
3: <laughs> I'm
2: drinking Bernie smoothie.
0: So. Yeah, there you
2: go. <laughs> it's usually just great to have so all break. all those whatever your favorite ingredients are, as long as you have <laughs> a little fight to it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Bernie, this next question is just for you. What do you drink the most? I mean, you have everything at your disposal. What do you drink the most of?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, Uh, I drink quite a bit of wine, of course. Um, but I'm a huge spirits fan as well, to be honest. Um, a few buddies of mine and I, uh, you know, have kind of been delving into, into bourbon these days, or really just whiskey in general. And so I, I'm drinking probably more whiskey than I used to, um, but still one, you know. Um, uh, from I'm, I'm a bit more of a of an old world fan, mm-hmm. so whether it's Sancerre or I think I mentioned Brunello a little earlier, um, I can do I can do just fine with with some vino.
0: Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) Next question is for everybody. What was your last outdoor activity? Leslie,
4: you go first. Of course. Um, my last outdoor activity was, I am, I'm getting back into golf. So I was at the driving range. Mm -hmm. Nice.
0: Very nice. Tanisha, what about you? You've been outside a lot more than us.
3: I'm drinking outside. Like does that count? <laughs> that counts. I did that a few hours ago. Like does that count? No, does that count? counts. Okay, yeah, that's my activity. Oh, was this supposed <laughs> to be like? I mean, I walked to the bar. So. You, you don't have to justify your. Drinking. You don't.
0: You don't. It's a safe space, girl. <laughs> you safe.
3: I don't know what kind of activity. So you can take both of those. Walking <laughs> and drinking.
0: That's what. I Okay. I'm
3: doing. All right. <laughs>
1: And wearing a mask, I had on a mask as I walked. So good job, good mm-hmm. job, Glennis. What about you? Okay, so activity has seems kind of broad. So mm-hmm. my activities for outside has been searching for damn Lysol. I told y'all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! They gonna catch me without Lysol again. So I this got my schedule. I'm up and out. Get my schedule. Sk- okay, so fun stuff. Um, I have to follow Tanisha. Drinking activity with social distancing mm-hmm. at our local spot, you know, we social distance because now in Montgomery County, I think most a lot of places now they take a part of the street and put all mm-hmm. the outside. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I go outside to my local spot and sit there and have a, a an adult beverage and I stare out into the distance and act like that's the beach. Okay, the wind blows <laughs> like, oh, this is here. I'm gonna say was, yeah. Oh, you need a couple palm trees if they mm-hmm. put some big palm trees yeah. up? Let me get my palm tree right now. And put that in the bedroom. No. <laughs> Blow you up a palm tree? That's what we do. Get that tequila
3: smoothie. Excuse me, the best house smoothie.
1: Now that
0: would yeah. be good.
4: Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds perfect. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Birdie, what about you?
2: Let's see. Last activity. Outdoor activity was that the question?
0: Last
2: mm-hmm. Um. Well, yeah. Just uh, Sunday grilling. Mm. I think grilling lately.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, firing up that grill and uh, uh, having a ball. You know, mm-hmm. this, this past Sunday was salmon. You know, on the grill
3: mm-hmm. and. Uh, <gasps>
2: Had a had a few few wonderful wines, you know, to open up with it,
3: mm.
2: and, uh, inv- and yeah, I ha- I have a large, I have a somewhat large family. It would be considered a large family, you know, in today's standards. And so, uh, bike riding was happening after that, you Very know. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So little cool. little little grilling, little wine,
3: mm-hmm. little
2: little spirit, little cocktail, you know, and little bike riding, you know, before. Yeah, don't too much money to myself, mm. but yeah, that's uh, that's what I it's like been. It. That's what it's been. Yeah,
0: I like it. Uh, mine's is pretty much the same. I went to my first social distancing cookout. It was eight people. Oh. the the yard was large, and um, I hadn't done that in a very long time. So that was nice, just being around, you know, people again.
4: People. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't it yeah. amazing how much you miss that? year? I know. Like, you I know. <laughs> right. Right. Wow. Yeah. But you're gonna get over there real fast. Let me just tell you. It's at yeah,
3: first. First two weeks is fine. Then you're like, listen, if y'all don't all go away again, I just <laughs> You're gonna be back to saying no to events. Nope, I can't do it. Nope, I'm busy. <laughs> it's fine. Just so enjoy right now. Enjoy it. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Next question. Name your favorite restaurant in DC. And Bernie, you go first. Mm. That is a
2: good question. But I'm gonna cheat just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and go just outside on Georgia Avenue. Georgia Georgia Avenue, uh actually right across the line in Silver Spring. I'll have to say Chrisville. Young, Chris well?
1: Love right. Chris Phil's yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, Chris Fields, I mean, you know, I remember as a kid you know, on a, on a, on a Sunday afternoon, or what have you, parents saying, come on, let's, let's go take a ride. And uh, we'd end up in Silver Spring uh, at Crisfield. I'm thinking, you know.
4: That's place, an occasion. You know,
2: it, it's it's one yeah. of those things, yeah, it's one of those things, that you know, they've been around forever, you see all the pictures on the wall of the who's who that over the decades have been in there, and there's a reason why they still exist. They just put out some amazing food, you know, mm. so that's really the that's that's my go-to right there if I okay. I, I, can, I can dine in that's great but you know I can run up there and grab something See, you their soup something, you know <laughs> 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 yeah that's, oh, I would have make to make say that's the place that I that I crave that's the place mm-hmm. I have cravings for okay you know yeah yeah and then and then secondly all these amazing restaurants right here on Bears Road. Have a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> right here on. Nice a Street. Nice place. When I can't get what I can get the Crystal Fields, they're the ones, who, the ones who are feeding me. So <laughs>
4: gotcha. Gotcha. No doubt. Uh, Leslie, let's go to. Okay, if I feel like spending a mortgage, <laughs> I love the Blue Duck Tavern.
0: Oh, nice. That's fancy mm-hmm. taste. She nice. said a mortgage. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glennis, it's what about you?
1: Well, my favorite rest well, Chrisville's, you know what? You got me with that one because I'm stuffed shrimp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crab mm-hmm. stuffed shrimp. Yep. Crab yep.
2: yep, you got it. You got it. Oh right. man. Oh, it. <laughs> um, but
1: <Absolutely. laughs> one of my favorite restaurants that is no longer in existence. Because exactly what you talked about early, but earlier, Bernie, renting mm-hmm. space instead of yeah. owning was Tin Pen mm-hmm. on Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I remember oh, that place. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That Asian future. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite um restaurant in DC. Because I could walk, I could mm-hmm. go to lunch, walk right across that. Oh God, it's just an experience.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but I guess. Well, shit, since we've been in COVID in the grill. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Order update. Right. They, de- they delivered to me in Silver Spring. Maybe you might need to just get oh, that. Oh, watch out, right?
2: Man. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. But you have
0: to
2: make it <laughs> Wait,
3: wait. Tanisha, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you got an answer? I. Dude, I was really trying to think too. Like, what's my favorite? But man, I ain't even been in DC in a minute. Yeah. Popeyes. Huh. <laughs> 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 she tried it. She tried it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, know. well,
0: I think I'll name mine. Um, let's see. For a fancy restaurant, um, Keith and Ken is it's probably my, my favorite right now. Yeah. I love they make the fried snapper and it curves mm-hmm. over. Y'all seen my Instagram. You can see the fish head. you looking right at it.
4: Uh, <laughs> Goodness, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you, I
0: can eat the whole fish from head to tail. Mm, so good. Um, let's see. Uh, Keith and, Ken, and if I'm just like want some carry out, there is a place in Tacoma Park on the D.C. side called Peach's Kitchen.
3: And oh, it's, yes,
0: it's Caribbean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an mm-hmm. old Caribbean lady named Peaches. She just turned sixty five, actually, oh, oh. and she uh, she and it is just like the true Caribbean spot is slow. To, they take time. <laughs> it ain't necessary. You ain't gonna get no good service, but the food is gonna be banging. Yeah. So those are my two. <laughs> there you
4: go. Can I just I'll throw remember, one Yeah, one throwback plug that it was always like Chris Phil's it was always a big treat for us if we went to Ho
3: Oh
0: it was like
4: Mm -hmm. you had to be on your A game Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to get there. And the rum buns, oh my God, they were just Mm -hmm. they were so heavenly. I know
0: my favorite restaurant as a kid was Chesapeake Bay Seafood
3: House.
4: Exactly. (laughs) Oh
1: my
3: God. Yep. Yeah. Gone, right? oh, yeah, y'all born and raised
1: in D.C. Okay, I
3: yeah.
2: That. <laughs> yeah, that was a spot.
1: Yeah, carries mm-hmm. too with that crab bomb. Sure, sure. You know they have one in Bowie now. Yeah, yeah, sure do. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Good. Okay,
0: last question, so we can let Bernie go.
4: Sorry, Bernie. What <laughs> no what is most so yeah
0: what is more likely to be on your bucket list? Publish a book, learn a new language, or have a TED talk.
2: Ah, aha. that's a great question, interesting question. Um, gosh, I guess I would have to say out of those three, I wouldn't mind learning another language, but mm-hmm. I think you know, it's tough for me, unless I were to move to another country for a while, you Mm -hmm. know, and that could be, that could be exciting for sure, you know, got a lot of work to do to get to that point, but that could be really exciting, Um, maybe in retirement, you know, Uh, so I will say that that would be a long-term goal if I could uh, move to another country for a little bit of time and uh, to learn that language there, that Mm. would be super exciting. Um, but publish a book, you know, sounds, sounds super interesting. Uh, yeah, you so can write that, a book. That yeah. Something, yeah. That's something that, you know, yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've, some others had uh, put on my brain to mm-hmm. think about a couple times. But, and so maybe between those two.
0: Yeah.
1: Nice. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Glynis, what about you? I think I'm going to have to agree with Bernie. It would definitely have to be the language and um, coupling that with travel. So, I would love to. Cause at first I was like, none of the above. She don't got travel. I can't say where I want to go. (laughs) (laughs) What? I I have to use these. It would be the language and um, in a different country.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, Tanisha, what about you?
3: I actually have TED Talk and book on like my bucket list. So like Yay. both of those, actually, I mean, I'm already doing the language thing. So like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And we're not learning another nothing. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> and That's it. But yeah, give a TED Talk and publish a book. Those are, both of those are absolutely on my list. Like it is a book on my vision board now. So oh, I love it.
4: Okay. I love
3: it. That Got you. It. Nice.
4: nice. nice. Leslie, I, it has it has to be the language. I'm not writing a book. <laughs> nice. You don't want
3: ghostwriter. You don't want ghostwriter a ghost book. You don't want to mm. do an audio book.
4: Narr- narrate a book. People ain't write after they write a book. It's just <laughs> it's like birthing a child. <laughs> no, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> it ain't got to be like a book about your life. It
3: could be a kids' book. <laughs> my husband,
4: Did you just say it could be a kids' book lesson? <laughs> yeah, I oh my
0: god!
3: Be <laughs> <laughs> kids' book for our friends' kids, <laughs> I mean, not none of our kids.
0: But you know. <laughs> um, for me, I think yeah, publish a book probably. Um, I have no desire to do a TED talk. Ah, uh, a language, I'm good. Um, yeah, publish a <laughs> book. <laughs> I'm good. Um I think I think I'm more in line with like uh with Bernie and um Glynis. if I were to learn another language I would have to live in a different place. I don't have that type of discipline to do it here.
1: Right. So mm-hmm. since me. If it was going to be a cookbook cuz you sleeping we need to market them cookies. Exactly. <laughs> girl, that shit, I, she was raising with the bok choy. I was like I'm <laughs> going just to just in the house. She <laughs> don't, and
3: Serena ain't invited nobody over. Nah, nah, girl, it's day. COVID. Girl, ain't nobody been invited over here. <laughs> You've been cooking before we COVID. Know you, oh. Thank you. <laughs> we knew you in February. Right. In February. Years we knew ago. You in December. We knew you last November. We knew you last <laughs>
1: summer. Serena, <laughs> we'll buy groceries. You just okay. have to cook them up. There okay. we go. That's fine. And Serena, delivers to her. You could order the damn one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's do it. Yeah, all asses are crazy. Bernie, <laughs> uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. And again, the address to your shop.
2: All righty. I'll start with the address to our shop. That is zero three eight Street, Southeast Washington, D.C. That's the number eight, eight. Uh, we're here on Capitol Hill, um, one block away from the Eastern Market Metro Center um, and on the historic Barracks Road. Um, social media, you can find us at Chats DC on Facebook for uh, Instagram and Twitter. That's ChatsLiquors, C-H-A-T-S-L-I-Q-U-O-R-S. And um, check us out at ChatsDC.com for links to all of those uh, as well as our assortment of beverages from around the world. Once again, taxdc.com. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. You are a fantastic okay. guests. Thank
3: okay. you. It thank was, you. Was, great seeing you.
2: Absolutely. It's great seeing you as well. <laughs> you enjoy friends. And ladies, thank you so very much. It was an honor to be on this Podcast with you all. uh It was entertaining, fun, insightful, and uh I really enjoyed speaking with you all. Yes, excellent. All Best right,
1: to, to you and your family, and successful. Yeah, yeah. continue success. Continue,
2: Thank you, thank you so very much. We plan on it. We, we appreciate the support. No
0: problem. Have a good night, Bernie. Good, good
3: night. night. You all as well. <laughs> Be well, ladies. Bye bye.